The Evermore podcast is now sponsored by WFST Total Compliance. WFST provides fire safety requirements UK-wide to prepare you and your employees should the worst happen. Do what you do best and visit wfst.co.uk today. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Evermore YouTube channel. Slight malfunction there with our new sponsor, Mark. But uh, great to see everybody back on, on a Wednesday night show. Uh, we're going to talk about all things Newcastle United in a second. Uh, as you can see, I've been joined by the stat man, Mark, and a couple of Wembley Wanderers. Some people want to forget about it. He's got his suit measured, but he's not happy in the bottom corner. We've got Audie, who's back with us. And Simon survived Wembley. She's back. She's smiling. She's going to get stuck into Newcastle United in a minute. So how are you doing, guys? You OK? Thank yeah, you. Thank you, thanks. Mick. Good, excellent, excellent. So we'll get stuck right in in a second. Just before we do, a little gentle reminder. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing. We'd love you to come on board. We're on about 2,500 subs. We're trying to push to 3,000, so help us get over the line. If you can, smash the button. You won't regret it. Two live shows, Mondays and this one on Wednesday, as well as pop-up videos and all free Newcastle United chat. We don't charge anybody at the minute for this. It's rough for everybody out there, so we don't want to take any of your pennies. We just want to talk about this club free of charge. And we're live tonight, as always, so feel free to jump in the comments. We've already got somebody, I think, in the comments as well. My favourite handle, we've got the Noob Gamer is there, even at the YouTube, mate. I hope you're going to enjoy some of the chat we're going to get stuck into. But just before we talk about the first topic, Obviously, we've got a couple of the, the, the Wembley Wanderers on here. Result was absolutely shite, but how was the weekend for the two of you? Simon, I'll start with you first. How was your weekend down in the big smoke? How chivalrous. Um, <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I think everyone was just in awe, and I don't know if that's why the atmosphere may not have been as good as what we thought it might be but from traveling down there was no bother between fans um you know especially with such a large contingency of Newcastle fans there was absolutely no bother the weather was freezing and I'm paying for it but other than that it it, it, I mean I did cry a lot (laughs) but it was (laughs) (laughs) well you know (laughs) um yeah, we lost. I know we lost, but for me, we've got the club back, and that's the main thing. So, there's been comments made about, oh, well, you know, I can't believe people are saying they enjoyed the weekend. God, I mean, I've been to Oxford United away where we lost what was a 5 1 or something horrific, <laughs> been to some horrific matches, and I never expected to be at Wembley anytime soon. So, you know what? I'm enjoying it, and it was great. Don't know about you. Absolutely. Well, already the seeds of Trafalgar Square were, were incredible, mate. I mean, forget about Sunday for a minute. The, as Simon says there, everything on the Saturday, you know, we saw all you guys smashing pitches in, in our chat group, which was absolutely amazing. But I mean, what, what was that like to experience, mate? You know, just to seeing, that, seeing everybody coming together, that was incredible, man. It was. I, I think probably only about 50% of the people who were in Trafalgar Square actually had tickets for the game, which made it even more <laughs> uh, amazing. Um, yeah, no, uh, bar people throwing themselves in the fountain in just their pants at six o'clock at night when it must have been about two two degrees or something like that. And the wind chill meant that I had my coat on and my beers were cold, whether they'd been in the fridge or not. Um, I've got to say that like, the atmosphere like seems absolutely brilliant uh, across. I didn't really see any... Once we got to London, I didn't see any confrontation with anyone at all any bother at all 
Um, we went to a few places around King's Cross, then down to Trafalgar Square, then a few more places around Westminster, then a few more places around Canary Wharf, then to me bed, um, just. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I've got to, I've got to say, the weekend was absolutely brilliant. It felt great to feel like Newcastle were competing again for something that actually mattered rather than 17th place. Um, and the journey that we've come on, you know, we've, we've all probably got examples of worst games you've been to, but I remember walking out January 2022, Joe Pedro had got a late equaliser against against Watford, and I was like, that's it, we're down. Like, we can't beat them, and they're falling apart, we're down. And the run we've been on since then is pretty incredible. Um, and it was just unfortunate that for that 90 minutes, um, I just didn't. I didn't feel this once we went one nil down. I just didn't feel like we were in a game at all. Um, second off got slightly better in the first last 20 minutes of the first half, but it was just a disappointment. It felt like some of the lads gave their worst performance in probably the biggest games of the season, and that's harsh on them, but it's probably something that they'll reflect on as well. Yeah, I mean, we're going to look at kind of where we need to change, I think, throughout the episode. But, but Simon, just on, on the game for you yourself, you mentioned the atmosphere was slightly different, maybe in the ground. I mean, we all saw the flags. At the start, and the local hero, and, and it looked like we turned up. The Man United fans were too busy eating their own sandwiches mm-hmm. by the looks of it. But uh, I mean, it started really well, but it mm-hmm. faded away quite quickly. Was that just the goals, or was that maybe just an anticlimax of everything that happened at the weekend? Do you think? Or I think everyone was hungover from Saturday, and I think if we ever went back to Wembley again, people wouldn't do all out Trafalgar Square yeah, because yeah, yeah. It, it felt like no offense, but it felt like being in the East Stand. Yeah, when yeah. I was there, and it was just <laughs> controversial. <laughs> so I, was, <laughs> I nearly got checked out of the East Stand for being too noisy. So you know, um, <laughs> um, it it was just the only chant people were singing was the Bruno one. No one would do any of like I thought we would sing about Atsu, um, because it's not so yeah. long ago. Couldn't get anything. We tried to start one on Carius, and no one was. It was a really, really easy Carius chant, and no one was joining in. And it was kind of like, okay, there's four of us. We'll keep trying. <laughs> so, yeah. um, do you think that was the corporate people? There was too many corporate people there. Do you think in amongst all the ticket sales? Do you think there was a bit of that in there? Or? Well, we know there was some Man United fans in our end because um, there was right. three who got chucked out when they scored the first goal. Um, mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was more. Um, it's it's hard to gauge. Um, I know people have bought family with them. You know, it, it's such an it, amazing experience. People have bought like kids that might not normally go. Um, I, I don't know. I can't put a finger on it, but I don't know if it's the acoustics of the stadium. Um, mm. it just. I've had this conversation with someone who said it's not for the fans to prop the players up but I think yeah, if I you read that. Bruno's interview I, I get that but it's not just your normal Premier League match it's the cup final yeah the players it's special. Need us, yeah. yeah and the players yeah. need us more than ever um Bruno made it quite clear in that interview how the Leicester game changed everything for him in terms of how the fans were and I just yeah I mean it's 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 been and done now we move on just from all of us, we weren't all there, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and just on the game as well, do you mm. echo all these thoughts? Just that we just didn't, I, the big lad, the big lads didn't turn up, the big players didn't turn up. 
to be honest, some of the big lads haven't turned up for a while. I mean, look at the Liverpool game. It was horrific. <laughs> yeah. <it was> Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I still love them. Um, I mean, we played better with 10 men against Liverpool than we did with 11, do you know? And that's saying something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just there's three key players that I would say have not been doing well. And like Callum Wilson, we love him. But what is going on? Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, absolutely. Just a couple of, couple of comments coming into Corner Fraser saying, some away fans saying, now now around us too, no flag waving, really Man United fans, uh, wankers. And uh, we've got two police saying, annoying that people behind were, were saying to sit down. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. As, as you said there, Simon, it was a special game. You know, everyone's saying we'll be back again, we'll be back again. It's great to feel that positivity, but you've got no defined right to be back in finals. You know, this could be, you know, <laughs> the first final for years and years and years and years before we, we sample it again. But there was, there was one person, just to move away from this for a minute, there was one person who didn't seem to be overly upset about the fact we lost the game. I, I think she might have been out drinking with you already, possibly. That's Amanda Staveley. <laughs> she, she come on TalkSport. Mark, I'll bring you in there just on this one to kick us off. Um, Amanda Staveley went on TalkSport, um, obviously still delirious from the whole atmosphere. And I mean, they love the fans, the the ownership, you know. We've seen Darren Eels in the pub beforehand. and It's great that they get us and the you know, they've kind of embraced us and everything else. They're not like Ashley and the crew, but Amanda made some really bold claims, Mark. Do you just want to remind everybody watching what Amanda Stavely said on TalkSport? Well, I, I think it's pretty much said said in the thumbnail, isn't it? I think, I think she, they're going to win the League Cup, they're going to win the FA Cup, we're going to win the Premier League and going to win the Champions League. I think that's 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 really? pretty much it. And yeah, it bold claims. If they've got the backing to do it. I think it will take time, but that's, that's the aim. That's the ambition. And to, to to have that and and I've heard it from from other clubs. If you you know you go back and, and look at some some other clubs in the past that have gone, oh, we're, we're going to win it within so many years. Um, the one that springs to mind is the the, the Charlton owner um, who who came in and was like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be in the champion, we're gonna get back to the championship, we're gonna be in the Premier League, and within five years we're gonna be solid in the Premier League again. And now he's selling the club. Um, and or sold the club, and and it's just when owners come in and they don't, it's fine to show ambition, but you've got to have the the, the wherewithal to do it. Newcastle have that, and 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 the owners do have got the money to put behind it as as time goes by, as, as you, you sort of get to grips with the, the FFP, you bring in in more corporate um, sponsorship deals, that sort of thing. It's there, and I think there'll be some some flack for for saying all of that, but. Why not? I think City, City did it. Chelsea did it. Um, Liverpool have said it a thousand times. Manchester United have said it. Newcastle are going to be in that pond now with the, with with the with the big boys, and and they're not going to go away quickly. Yeah. Or, or did you think there's a there's a danger here that she's she's maybe got a little bit overexcited and she's welcoming you know all these shit houses to come out. I mean, she was she possibly was winding up Simon Jordan because I don't think there's any love lost between those two, is there? But do you think it's a bit of a bit of a danger to throw out these kind of uh, serious serious claims or or do you love it do you see the ambition and as a fan you think oh get in you know the, they've got they've got massive plans um you can't fault the ambition because we all want to support a football club that is competing for premier league champions league going to finals etc etc um you know if man city fans have been told and as they started the 2010-11 season don't worry this season you win the fa cup but in a couple of years you'll be so four or five years' time, you'll be competing regularly in the Champions League. And in 10 years' time, you'll be the biggest club in the country and everyone will be desperate to beat you. 
I'm sure they would have accepted what was to come along the road for the next 10 years. Um, if we're in that same position, then great, brilliant. Um, let's hope we do it properly and we've not got financial investigations that go on for years and years and years that wouldn't cloud for me winning trophies, but would potentially make it us an easy target. And, um, you know, we're an easy enough target as it is because of that. Um, I'm, I'm a bit torn about it, if I'm honest, Chris, because we've won absolutely nothing. Um, my dad was 11 last time we won a trophy. And um, my granddad wasn't even born the last time we won the league. And he's now dead. Yeah. Um, and uh, I keep going back. I, I know uh, how important um, winning a trophy is because, like, everybody, I mean, you could see it in Dan Byrne. Like how gutted yeah. they were at the end. Uh, even um, not just in Bruno's reaction was like as a fan or whatever, but you could see how gutted they were that they'd got the final. I think there's a little bit of it. This is it. We're going to win this, and it's going to yeah. it's going to kick off to another level. And Man United were are, are a proven winning machine. I absolutely despise mm -hmm. them. No, it gives me no joy to compliment Manchester United about anything, but they are a winning machine. Liverpool win trophies. Manchester City win trophies. Now, Chelsea, over the past 20 years, have won trophies. You need to break that duck. Now, um, it's it's not about necessarily how much money you spend. Um, it's not about, you know, Liverpool, that 2005 team, I don't know how much it costs to assemble, but they got loads of luck and they won a trophy. We need a slice of luck. Sean Longstaff squaring that ball across the box. Someone's there to tap it in. We go one nil up. Maybe we do go on and win the League Cup final. And maybe we're yeah. sat here going, do you know what? I'm absolutely buzzing. Best game of my life. What best day of my life, rah, rah, whatever. Yeah. And it completely changes everything. Sometimes you need luck. And, you know, Eddie Howe must be absolutely gutted. And he knows he's got to pick them back up for Man City away at the weekend. But I don't think his position is particularly helped by bold claims coming from the owner. I'll give you an example of this. Have anyone heard anything from Arsenal owners in the past 18 months, apart from the Super no, League that's apology? True. That's true, yeah. And, and, yeah. and they're going to go on. Does anybody really care? Like, I mean, Man United fans were waving their scarves, telling us how much they hated the Glazers and how much they want them out. But they were happy waving the free scarves from the Glazers. Um, you know, I, I genuinely think that... Um, as, I, I love how United they were. And I know um, we maybe should mention it, but other people were there with the ownership out there. Uh, is it the Green Man? Um, at Wembley yeah. beforehand, and I think it's great that they're involved in themselves in that. Don't get me wrong, I think it's much better given the complete lack of communication we had under the previous ownership from he who shall not be named. But um, the, the the future of the club does seem to be lots and lots of potential, and I don't mm. think we should heighten expectations anymore because I'm a little bit worried that the more we heighten expectations, the worse it'll feel if we don't get to them. Uh, yeah, Simon, have the ambition, have the ambition. Yeah. You just don't need to speak about it. No, I, I get it. Simon, do you think it's possibly a bit of an experience and a bit of maybe overexcitement by Amanda Staveley? Because I think ever since the ownership's come in, they've been great with the engagement with the fans and stuff, but she doesn't seem to have, as Audi says there, mastered that art of just keeping keeping your cards close to your mm -hmm. chest a bit. She's, she's, yeah. She loves she loves to throw it out there and she's so excited about it. And we love that. But mm -hmm. as already says there, do you think she needs to maybe sharpen up a little bit, be a bit wiser and, and just not talk about as much of this stuff as she's doing? Again, don't get me banned from St. James's, but... Um, <laughs> never banned you, Simon. Never <laughs> banned you. <laughs> um, I wonder whether she needs a masterclass from whoever is 
helping Eddie Howe deal with all the difficult questions because yes. Eddie yeah. Howe handles him with such grace and mm-hmm. he keeps things very close to his card. Card? Chest. He keeps his card close to his chest. Um, I'm, I'm dozy, what can I say? Um, <laughs> sorry. It's um, all right. Yeah, um, so excuse that. So just, yeah, um, I think she was excitable, but I do have to say she didn't give specific timelines. So in her defense, she said, we're going to win everything. She just didn't say yeah. when. And for everything that's happened so far, I do worry about next season. If we don't like start the season as we did this season, if we're not in a final next season, there's going to be a lot of people like throwing the, I'm really bad with phrases, toys out of prams. Is that it? Yeah. Yes. Throwing so, a wobbler. Yeah. Yes, that's it. So um, potentially that might happen. However, um, see, th- there's that. But I still think, you know what, we, we're we at the beginning of a journey. Um, it's good to have ambition. Um, she hasn't put deadlines on it, so it could be in another 30 years. But we might win it under her tenure. So mm, True, very true. So it's, but yeah. I get it. It's, you don't want to be encouraging the media to gold us for not doing well because I mean, we get enough criticism. Yeah, I mean, or do you made a good point there? Just, just about Dan Ashworth is a bit more skilled, isn't he? In these kind of interviews, he he knows how to to to, to give an answer without giving an answer type of a thing, you know. And I mean, if you saw the the, the lead up to the final, uh, you know, obviously me and Mark were in at Wembley, we were watching whatever was on, you know, the TV and the BBC were short of singing, come on, you Reds, they were that bad at one point, you know, bigging up Manchester United and, and, and all the mainstream media seem to be the same. Um, I think Ashworth, maybe, as you say, has to be the man who goes in front of the, the microphones maybe a little bit more going forward. But is that not part of his remit, though? Does he want to just fix on the football side of it? He doesn't want to do too much media stuff. What, what's your take on that, mate? Um, I don't know why anyone from the club is speaking to talk sport. Don't get it. <laughs> no, I re- I'm being really serious. I don't get it. True, not, true, they, yeah. they are not a sensible news outlet. Why are we communicating no. with them? Steve Bruce used to go on there, and we all know what we think of him. He did. Like, with Alan Brazil. Why, why on earth Brazil. are we on talk sport? Why on earth are we on talk sport? Uh, if, if it was five live and she's in the middle of a sensible interview and she says, Look, our goal is to go in the Premier League and win the Champions League, and she doesn't put a deadline yeah. on it, great, fantastic. If she's saying it for clicks and whatever else for Simon Jordan and his mates, why are we doing it? Like we, we don't yeah. we don't need this. And the only other point I was going to make is she she did say when we took when well sorry when her, her and Madrid took on the is it the management contract or whatever the oversight contract yeah, yeah. they were told they'd said oh I am is Premier League and Champions League to be competing in the Premier League and Champions League I think within five years I think they said within five years or within whatever it was to be regularly competing in the Premier League and Champions League within a period of time. Now yeah. their contract I believe is twelve months rolling as a management group. It's, it's, it's to have control just of management, I believe, is a 12-month rolling contract. They've only got a 10% stake, the two of them, and the Rubens have another 10% stake. Coming out with all these points, um, to me, is not going to look good if they're not backed up by the people who own 80% of the football club. Yeah. And if you keep going on and on and on about it, Chelsea, I, I don't understand how Chelsea are with an FFP. Don't get it. Liverpool are going to spend big in the summer again. Man United yeah. are going to spend big in the summer again. Spurs will probably spend money in the summer again. Manchester City will definitely spend money because they seem to have oodles of it and nobody seems to know how much they can spend and how much they can't spend. 
It yeah. is going to get harder and harder. We had an unbelievable opportunity this season to finish in the top four because Man United were in disarray the first half of the season. Liverpool looked to be in disarray and Chelsea seemed to be falling apart at the seams. And mm. all of a sudden now, if it's me, I think our best place position at the end of this season is sixth because I think Spurs are beyond us and I think Liverpool are about to come past us. Even though they're still wobbling, I still think they'll come past us. So it's then a question of, do we hang on to those European places? And by saying statements like that, rather than what Ashworth said, which was, we finished top half, been a great season. Cup final's a bonus. We finished top yeah. half, been a great season. That, that is the measured approach to take, for me, to club management. Not giving Simon Jordan what he wants and a lot of clicks and hits on to the people coming listen to his stuff. But I, te- I tend to agree. Mark, just getting your take on this. I mean, the talk sport, audience, right? They're like the Sun newspaper radio shows, aren't they, really? You know, they're looking for that extreme headline to, to, to get the clicks and get the likes and, and, and everything else. But I think it's a good point as well, raised by Audi. For me, without sounding too harsh, um, I don't want all talk and no action. You know, for me, I, I think we missed a trick in the January window. I don't think we had enough bodies. And I think yeah. when the suspensions and the injuries came, yes, you can't plan for that. You can't plan for Nick Pope having temporary insanity and picking the ball up 40 yards from goal. You can't plan for Bruno getting a red card. But we know that squad was thin going into that window. And, and if the Premier League teams weren't going to parlay with us, we should have looked further afield. That's what Dan Ashworth is there to do in, in his team. We've already seen some articles about apparently the owners want to go big and they've got six first-team players in mind and all this kind of stuff. Um, Audi's made a great point there. This season, Liverpool, Chelsea have been horrendous. They've been well off the pace. That will not be the same next season. They will go back and sort themselves out. We need to go big, Mark. Would you agree? And do you think the owners will, will have watched what happened at Wembley and say, do you know what, this team needs quality? And do you yes. think they'll, they'll deliver? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I, just to, to go back to your point there about um, not, not you know, you can't can't plan for these things. I, I would dis- I, I, I disagree with you. I think you, you can plan for the eventuality of injuries and suspensions by having the players in behind them. Um, you know that at some point you're going to get somebody banned for a couple of games because they're going to pick up yellow cards. You can see Joe Linton picking up yellow cards pretty much every week at the moment. Yeah. You know the the fire that Bruno has in him. You've seen that in games. So at, at times he's, he, he does walk a tightrope. You need to then contemplate the fact that at some point he will get a you know, two or three game ban yeah. Or, or a red card again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Possibly, yeah. So you, you've got to have that in mind. I, I still look at the, the Shelby deal as being a, a poor bit of business by the club for letting him go. Yes, he may never have played again, but at least he gave you an option if the worst happened. And it did. And not only did you lose Bruno, you then lost Willock to injury as well. So it was a, it was a double hammer blow. But coming back to the, the summer, yeah, I think... Newcastle's plans will be to, to to go big. They're going to have to rebuild the squad. Um, I was looking at some of the some of the, the the data on some of the players that he won. I think there's five or six players that are out of contract this summer. Um, there's another seven that are out of contract next summer. Some of those will probably get extended deals, the likes of Fabian Shaw. But there's probably about sixteen players in the first team squad now that are either out of contract or will potentially get moved on. So there's a huge bit of, of sort of rebuild that will, I think will go on this, this summer. Um, if that is six or seven first team players and then squad players to, to come in and give some experience and, and some youth to then take on the challenge of going into next year. But I think you, you're going to see huge, huge amounts of business happening, you know, come the, the Jan- January, when it come the summer window. 
Yeah, just a, just a point on that, Simon, as well. I think you made a good point that if we end up with Europe at the end of this season mm-hmm. and we don't heavily invest in, in this thin squad already, we're going to be even mm-hmm. more stretched, aren't we, with mm-hmm. European football? Absolutely. And uh, whilst I'm really happy with where we are, um, and honestly, it'd be amazing if we're in the top six, I'm really terrified about if we do end up in Europe because we have no squad. There's not a squad to manage that. We don't have the skills. We don't have the experience and the fitness levels. We don't have it. So when it comes to the summer, we need to look at the conditioning of our players to see how do we keep them fit because some of them look exhausted on that pitch. Definitely. Um, And we're just in the League Cup and the Premier League. Um, if you look back to, say, Eden Hazard's like one of the best examples of a player. I mean, with Chelsea, he was in the FA Cup, League Cup, Premier League, Champions League, and he played like stupid amount of games plus international. I mean, yes, he is a one-off maybe, but there were a few players with that ability and we've got a long way to go. So for as much as going back to the original thing about Mandem making those comments, it's got to be a measured response and we're not ready yet. Yeah, I'd love uh, to win. Don't get me wrong. I want to win, but we're not <laughs> ready. Um, there's so yeah. much investment and work needs doing and we're nowhere near. Absolutely. No, I think it's a, it's a really good point. I mean, moving on to the um, the changes that, that probably need to be made. I think, I think everyone's quite universally on the same page as a fan base, you know, who you want to change out, obviously, you know, changes up depending on who you're speaking to. But starting with the, with the midfield, already for changes, that there was one player in particular you wanted to talk about. I can see you smiling there. Uh, it might be a bit of a controversial one, but you wanted to talk about um, one of our defenders in particular that you think potentially might might need a rest or maybe he's gone off the boil a little bit. Mate. Do you want to start this one off? Um, I don't know how... I've been trying to judge... Uh, Twitter's a dark place and it's a horrible hole to go down the time. Times, but I've been trying to I've been trying to judge kind of the fan base based on or sorry um popular reaction based on certain certain comments about it. Um mm. I think Kieran Trippier needs a rest. Um I don't think that's controversial. Um I, uh, I I think he's our I think he's been an unbelievable leader for this group of players through the period that they've gone through since he signed. Uh his Set piece delivery is mixed at the moment. Although the ball that he put on Burns' head for the opportunity on Sunday was a really good ball. Um, we look nowhere near as threatening as Manchester United did when they had set plays. And I think Kieran Trippier is a better free kick taker than Luke Shaw. So either we're not getting the systems right to get at it, or we're not um, taking advantage of his abilities. But my biggest concern is other teams have started to target him. Uh, against Liverpool, they put Darwin Nunes up against him. They slung balls over the right-hand side, saying, right, Fabian Shea, you come and get this, because if you miss it, it's Nunes against Trippier, and we back him to get in. Man United did it twice to great success. The reason the first goal happened, forget about whether it's a foul by Bruno or not. The reason why the first goal happens is they are petrified of Rashford against Trippier. And Bruno comes over to double-team him. The second goal happens... Because Rashford holds the ball up, Trippier gets sucked in, he plays it off the Veghorst, he turns and he sprints beyond both Veghorst, uh, sorry, both Trippier and Shea, and then gets played in. Botman is sliding over to cover for the two defenders who are nowhere near Rashford by the time he takes the shot. Now, for me, 
and it thinks back to Seema's point before about squad depth and where we are. If Harrison Ashby isn't Premier League ready, then Javier <laughs> Manquillo has got to start playing Premier League games because Kieran yeah. Trippier needs a break. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Sorry, Simon, you want to add something then? Yeah, sorry. Um, so one of the conversations I've had with my friends about Trippier is um, a couple of games ago, um, after the World Cup, I felt he came back with an injury because there was a period he wasn't taking the free kicks, he wasn't taking the corners, um, he just hasn't looked right. And the fact that he wasn't taken, I mean, we had um, Sharp taken one of the free kicks and it, it was quite a good effort, I have to say. Um, but they're just there's something not right and we've known of players to continue playing with um, niggles and they're getting injection, they're getting pain relief, etc. And I agree with Audie, like he needs a rest. Um, he really, really needs a rest. Um, yeah, but I would make more changes to the defence as well. <laughs> well, that, 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 well, do you know we'll, we'll, we'll stick with you, Simon, for your changes. Then I mean, I, mean, I, I know the ones I want to do, but uh, tell us, tell us what else, tell us what else you would change in the defence. Again, so we all love Dan Byrne, but. I want Target back this weekend. I'm with you, hundred percent. I just I agree more. I, I I don't think I need to explain it. I think everyone can see it. It's just, yeah. I mean, Target is fit. I just think we need to change things up. It's not working. No, I totally agree. Mark, do you think for me, Shaw's struggling? I think because a lot of the goals are going down his side. But maybe it's what Audie's saying about Trippier and Simon's saying about Trippier as well. Um. I'd quite like to see... Burn does need a rest, I do agree with Simon. I think him at left-back knocks the whole team out of kill because he's not a left-back and we've got nothing coming down that left-hand side. You know, if, if Maxi's playing there and he, he does that thing when he tucks inside, tucks outside, tucks inside, tucks outside, wiggles his hips a bit, he hasn't got a left-back overlapping him to put a cross in. Target would surely do that, Mark, wouldn't he? And, and add, that, add that to the side. Yeah, I mean, we've we've said this all, all the way through. As as well as as, as Dan Byrne has played, he, you lose something from from not having a proper left back who can who can get forward. Um, because Target will do that. We've seen that throughout his his career. He's he's happy to to get forward. He can put a ball in the box. He's good at delivery as well. Um, he took corners and free kicks when he played for Aston Villa. He's sure he took yep. them when he was and at Southampton a bit too. I think as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. You know that that gives you an, an, another option to to be able to to change it up a little. And, and we talked about this on Monday. At some point, Eddie Howe has to look at this and go, "I have to change change the way that this because it's not working at the moment." And just doing the same thing over and over again isn't going to get them out of it. Um, it might work once or twice, but we, we've seen that pretty much that that the team has sort of been a little bit found out. They've they've reached their kind of level, um, and they're just not. They're not able to, to just switch things up during the game. So I, th I think anyhow has to, to be bold at this point. Um, I, I agree, Simon. I, I think Matty Target should should play. Um, if he's fit enough to, to play, then he, sh then he should play. I'm torn on Trippier because I, th I think he, he's such a good leader. You, you'd miss him not being in the side. But at the same time, is he is he too overcompensating for the lack of Almiron's right foot? And that he has to overlap again. We talked about this on Monday. He has to get up high on, on the pitch because 
at virtually every opportunity, the defending side is going to sort of shoot Almiron down on his right-hand side. So he has to cut back and he's either got to then play the ball back to Trippier um, or, or try and play it into the edge of the box. And, and it, it's just, it's it's so one-dimensional down that side. Here's and a quick think- stat, Mark, just from Sunday, Bowers. Um, so 11 crosses Trippier put in on Sunday and he only got one on target. There's an argument that you would say suggests that is that is that all tar- down to target or is that down to who's in the box? Because I'm, yeah. for me, Callum Wilson's not making the right runs. I know we're going to come on to the attack in a bit, but he's not making the, the right runs in those areas. Um, Audie, you said it before, that ball across from, from Longstaff in the final. I'm sorry, I want my centre-forward gambling uh, at that, yeah. and, and he's just not. He's, he's not anywhere near the... Where Callum, Callum's getting it later on, mate. You saved that. Callum's getting it later on. God yeah. bless him. It was his birthday um, the other day, Mark. Go easy. <laughs> bless him. Um, but no, I, I think I, I'm sort of with you. I, I think, you know, if Trippier is, is struggling, bring him out for a game, give him a rest. It's a hell of a game to come out for, given given who, who you're playing at the weekend. But <laughs> do you know what? It, it might do in the world of good to, to almost have this as a, as a free hit. Um, bring some of the, the other players in just just get let them loose, um, and then you know bring the likes of Trippier back the, the following week. Once once they've had a bit of a rest, they've got this the final out of the system, and then they can come back all guns blazing again. Yeah, I think for me as well with with Trippier, and again it goes down the lack of creativity in the side as a whole, especially when Bruno isn't there. Everything falls on Trippier, and again I'm, I'm trying not to be too judgmental about the the owners, but. I think in January, again, I'm not trying to slag him off because he couldn't play in the final, but we're going to drop 40 million quid on Anthony Gordon. Why couldn't we drop 50 million quid on a, on a, on a James Madison who could give us somebody else who could take set pieces and corners and free kicks and things like that? Um, I don't understand where the logic was in, in that regard. And even maybe even a Yuri Tillemans at a knockdown price as well. It all goes back to these weekly wages thing that they're desperate to keep the weekly wages cap here, but you've got to pay the going rate for the players that are going to improve your squad, surely, if, if anybody wants to jump in and agree or disagree with them. Can I, well, just on that, the FFP situation, we're hamstrung because we haven't got revenue streams in. Because of Ashley. So we can't, yeah. we can't yeah. pay more wages because Mike Ashley was getting free advertising and doing deals that suited him, not suited the football club. Um, I, I, that, that's got to be taken into account. On, on, on the thing that you've mentioned, some, you, I think you put up a back four before, which was Target, Botman, Byrne, Trippier. I, yeah. I, I'll explain to the person who put up why that won't happen, because Eddie Howe doesn't pick two left-footed centre-halves. He won't do it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Because he wants um, the balance. He wants the right-left yeah. balance, doesn't he? That's and it's he wants, a reason yeah. why he won't play Miggy on the left and Maxi on the right. It's a reason why he won't do yeah. it, because his system, he wants people who can go both ways down either wing. There's a reason why he wanted a right-sided attacking player who could also play with the left foot in the summer, and then Miggy started like a train. If Jack Grealish could start slagging him off again, I'd really appreciate it because he was class when he did that. And then when he apologised after Boxing Day, he's been That's appalling. Everything's gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, someone get Jack drunk quick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let them win another league title and then see what he says. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, that just won't happen. My concern is, we, again, we don't have depth. I mean, we've talked about this. Who do you play at right back? Ashby, Jacob Murphy, Javier Mankio, because Kraft's out the season. Who do you play at left back? Target? Do you bring Matt Ritchie back in? Do you bring Dummett back in? Um, 
Who 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 do you, who'd you play centre off Lascelles? Because I I don't want Lascelles no. against Holland. Not any day of the week. No, so, I, I, I don't want Lascelles at all, mate. Lascelles is done for me. Uh, Simon, you wanted to add something to to the my my, uh, my James Madison bomb there because uh, you know I'm good with it, Simon. <laughs> oh, um, well, it was more about the Jack Grealish. I'm in Manchester for the match, so I'll be oh, right. getting the Almiron coming back because I think we need it maybe for some of the others um, in terms of financial fair play we are hampered um it's just basic accounting um we will get the revenue in um with potential new kits with sponsorship we'll have another third sleeve we'll probably change up the training kit sponsors so at the moment we only keep one man united are very clever they've got two lots of sponsorship so the the club have taken everything and have done things very wisely. I believe financially they'll have had the right people in to bring in the right revenue. And I think we will get there. Yeah. I mean, one big thing as well about defence we haven't talked about is Nick Pope will be back at the weekend, won't he, as well? So that's a, that's a, that's a big thing for, for, well, for the sorry. team as well. Carries did okay. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Carries did okay. Carries was blameless. There was one moment in the warm up Mm -hmm. where a shot went towards him and he spilled it in at the near post. And you had 40,000 people take an intake of breath, like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And after that, the Casemiro header, you can get no, like, someone was saying, what if Pope comes for that? Nick Pope isn't coming for that. It's on the penalty spot. Mm -hmm. There's no way he gets It's a brilliant ball from Shaw. Mm-hmm. Is it offside? Yeah. Like the rules I, on offside have changed so yeah. much. I don't know, but I thought, yeah. like, seems I thought Carius had a had a decent game. He, he yeah. kept the score down because towards yeah. the end they looked like they were going to get yeah. a third or a fourth or a fifth. Oh, and he kept d- the score down. Definitely. I, I was getting bad, charity right? shield flashbacks. I was getting charity shield flashbacks. Sorry, Simon. You say I felt bad for him because he was getting loads of shit in the media, wasn't he? Unfairly, I thought as well. That was a bit harsh. No, but I feel bad for him being dropped because I don't think he deserves mm. to be dropped. He's done really well. I think Pope will come back in. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. And I know everyone's been really like sympathetic with Pope for missing it, but he made a stupid mistake. He's in, you know, he shouldn't have done that. He's a quality player. Sorry. Don't hate. That's, that's, <laughs> no, no, no hate on this channel. You know, we're always open for opinions there. But so moving slightly up into, into the midfield, I guess we've, we've kind of covered the defence. We all agree there's changes that need to be made. I think, you know, the, this whole rock solid defence line has been breached. You know, maybe a bit easier than it has done. So I think people do need a rest. There is fatigue setting in there. In terms of the midfield, Mark, come to you first on this one. Obviously, Bruno's back. Um, he, he did burn himself out a bit in the final. I think he started really well. You know, he was he's been missing for three weeks, so he did look like he was struggling a little bit. I mean, I love that tackle he put, and then he turned his ankle. I shit myself when he did that. So I thought, oh my god, he's, yeah. he's done himself in. But but so Joe Linton and Joe. Joe Linton, that is, are probably guaranteed starters. Do you take anybody out? Do you think Longstaff looks tired? Does he need a rest? Or is Willock coming back in? Are you doing anything to the midfield? Are you bringing Gordon in as a midfield three? What What are you looking to do, if anything, in the midfield? Uh, I think, well, I mean, the hope is that Bruno's ankle doesn't, isn't an issue. Um, he, he looked, you know, tender when he when he came off. Um, so hopefully that's just a, you know, a, a quick turnaround for him because, you know, he's, he's, had, he's had plenty of time off over the last couple of weeks. So he, he should be fresh. Um, I think, yeah, of the other two, I think if, if Willock's fit to start, you start him. Um, and I, I think I think you probably bring Longstaff out for, for a game and give him, because he, he puts in so much effort 
And again, he's one that probably needs rest. But again, is that harsh? Because I actually think he's he's been exceptional over recent weeks. He's he's played very very well. Um, I don't think Joe Linton had his 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 best game at the weekend. I think he was better than some people had, had suggested. Where they, you know, they'd said that he'd reverted back to his former self, which I thought was exceptionally harsh. Um, but I think it's just a victim of of the way that the, the side played. Um, I, I, it, it's a it's a tough one because against City you you want your hardest running midfielders and, and you're gonna have to use that press. We when we go back to the previous matches and James's and we looked at the the way that Newcastle pressed in in that after after the game and it was solid press for pretty much ninety minutes and that's exactly what you need to do and and stop them being able to play and force them to play into areas that they don't want to go. Um, and I, and I think that. Willock's energy can do that. I think Joe Linton can definitely do that. I, I think I'm leaning towards probably playing those as as the three. Um, yeah. If if Willock is is fit enough to go, if he's not, then you, I think you you stick with the the tried and trusted three at that point. Didn't you give him a rest, Audie? Would you agree on that, mate? On the midfield three, would, would you make some changes? Or are, are we quite? We've gone from being quite overstacked in there, and then obviously you know letting Shelby go and not getting a replacement really. I'm not going to class Gordon as a midfielder at the minute. We'll, we'll talk about him in more of an attacking berth. But, you know, in terms of the midfield, are we kind of locked in with, with, with Joe Litton, Bruno and somebody else? Or is that kind of where we are with it now? Um, well, Bruno's... The tackle where Bruno stopped the ball from Fernandez and then yeah. went over on yeah. himself happened directly in front of me. And Ooh, given shit. his reaction and given the speed at which other players were over to him and given that he looked in genuine pain... And as mm. if he was crying at that point, I don't think Bruno plays at the weekend. I could be completely wrong, could be complete, but I don't think he plays at the weekend. Um, Anderson, mate, do you want to take that? Anderson, well, do you think he's worth a double or not? Not against Manchester City. God, we gave him 20 minutes against um, gave him 20 minutes against Liverpool, and look what happened. Um, the uh, maybe, maybe he has to come in because maybe. Um, that that situation is where it is. I don't want to judge too much on Sunday because they played against probably the best midfielder that they're going to play against this season in yeah, Casemiro, who I think is nailed on. Continue only arrived when he did. I think he's nailed on for Player of the Year because the turnaround wow. in performance of Manchester United with him in field is incredible. Um, he makes Fred look a good player. Like that's how good he is. Um, steady on, steady on, mate. Wasn't that good, was he? Uh, <laughs> I'd also say that um, our midfield is stuck between a rock and a hard place. And it gets on the conversation you want to have later on about attack. Yeah. If the system has a certain player playing on the left-hand side of midfield, or left-hand side of attack, sorry, then the left-sided midfielder has to do all, all of the tracking. And if they don't, then you've got an overload down your left-hand side, which... As much as you can critique Dan Byrne, he didn't look like this when Joe Linton and Willock were playing in front of him. He had moments where he looked like this. He didn't look like this when that was happening every single week. Mm. Um, the midfield three for me going forward is probably Joe Linton, Bruno and Willock, unless we buy in other people. Um, Mark, you mentioned it earlier. The club made the decision to let Shelby go because they thought it was the right thing to do. It was the nicest thing to do to keep... Um, maybe an atmosphere coming out of the squad. Well, if that was the case, we could have peddled Ryan Fraser for some money and then we might have been able to spend a bit more. 
Yeah, um, agreed. Apparently, apparently he's not even allowed to train with under twenty threes anymore. So I don't know who wow. he's training with, but he ain't training with the first team or the development squad. Um, we've got we've got a real problem in that, like you say, we were stacked in that position a while ago, and now we seem to be light on numbers. Um, that was exacerbated by Bruno's red card because the same players were going to have to play each week. And when Willock got that injury, it meant Anderson had to come in. There were there were no fresh legs, and um, I can't see the midfield changing at the minute. Um, I, I, I think the drop off in quality would be too high if you change anyone in midfield at the moment. Um, yeah. And I can't believe I'm yearning for it, but maybe getting rid of John Joe was an issue. Although I have to say, I spoke to someone. Clip that one. I, I, I spoke to someone who's at West Ham Forest on Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. seeing our reserves. Um, get, get absolutely pummeled in the last 20 minutes. I can't believe that after signing 30 different players, Nottingham Forest are still starting Jack Colback in centre midfield in the Premier League. That blows my mind. <laughs> the Colback and Chris Wood all started in the Premier League for Forest. Like, how <laughs> slow must their team be? You must you must have pictures of the manager in like a strip club or something called back to keep getting the game because the ginger you, I don't know what happened. Simon, just on the midfield for you, Ollie makes a good point there. We'll come on to the attack in a minute. But would you be more tempted to put Joe Litton into a, into a more of an attacking left-hand side position and drop that player that Ollie's talking about and then have Longstaff, Willick and Bruno in the, the midfield three, if, if they're all fit and firing, that is? Would you be more inclined to do that or would you have Joe in the middle of the park because he's better there? Stumped you. <laughs> it has. Um, it, it really has because I, I don't know what's going on and I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, I think what I would like to do though is bring um, Coel back from Hearts to give it's us some show. options on the bench because he's Impact been rated. Impact as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's been sent to Hearts for experience to build up his um tolerance to like the English game, something like that, to get used to being away from the family, etc. Mm, um yeah. but he's sitting on a bench. He could sit on our Same bench. It was Darlow at Hull, as as Audi said. Yeah, but we what don't miss Darlow. So um, you know, um but well he's like top he's number five in like four four twos recent article of the top ten um promising youngsters coming up. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I didn't expect him to be like number five or something. So, um, awesome. so they usually get most things right. They do. So I'm just like, well, why is he sitting on a bench? Um, I'd like to see us bring some of our players back because we need those options. It's not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout. I mean, um, I, th I think when I look at our bench in particular the weekend, you know, I shudder when I see people like Matt Ritchie and, and Jacob Murphy coming on. As much as Murphy probably had our best shot. Uh, as, as everybody says, but um, I mean, Matt Ritchie coming on, I mean, he shouldn't be anywhere near our team. He should be, you know, mm -hmm. either playing get, for Plymouth or Guile or something like that, you know what I mean? Or, uh, or Motherwell or Dundee or something. He shouldn't be anywhere near uh, a, Carl, a Carling, oh, sorry, Carling Cup, Carol Shaw, old I am, Carabao Cup final squad. Mm -hmm. uh, just that, that is the worst thing. That is the worst thing, I think. The, the club hasn't managed to jettison some of this dead wood. And I know you can't really just give them off to people because they don't want them. You know, they're on too high wages, they're too old. Um, they're not they're not really offering them anything in their squad. The championship is full of a lot of young, speedy, energetic players, isn't it? They don't want 
old hat, you know, like like even Lascelles. I don't think Lascelles is a Premier League centre half anymore. I think he's a Championship centre half at best. Um, so he seems to be getting praised because he got two yellow cards to stop people taking throw-ins. And that for me, I want more from a, a squad player than, than, than that, really. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is frustrating. I think bringing back Quad is a good shout, Simon. I think if, if these loan deals aren't doing what they're meant to do, you know, Ari, Matty Longstaff, when he was at Aberdeen as well, you need to be able to bring them back. There should be a pullback clause to say, look, you're not doing what we ask you to do with that player's development. We'll bring him back in. He's straight back in the squad. As you rightly say on Sunday, if he'd been in the squad, instead of Richie, for example, could his legs have caused some problems for Manchester United towards the back end of the game, you know, adding some pace and some threat um so yeah I, I would definitely like to see that but we'll, we'll transition into the into the attack because this is the juicy one we all want to we all want to talk about here so we've all talked about Callum Wilson I'll just chuck my my thoughts on this in straight away uh, Wilson was a passenger I love Eddie Howe but I think he got that wrong I think his loyalty to that player blindsided him a bit in the final um and I think you know I'll cut my audio in a minute because I know he's chomping at this but Isaac Isaac for me was the best choice of the two hands down and I think Eddie got that one wrong. And, and I was so disappointed with Callum Wilson's performance. You know, Mark, you, you referenced the ball from Longstaff, which was just, you know, that was crying out for a centre forward to make a move. But, 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 Audi, when is this Isaac Wilson argument going to be handled and, and, and dealt with? It, it, it is, is it this weekend against City? Or is it, you know, going forward? maybe the Wolves game or easier games where Isaac could have more of an impact. Do you think Eddie's already made that decision now or is he going to stick with Wilson? Well, he changed formation to bring Isaac on on Sunday. He went 4-2-3-1, um, which he probably thought was to control Man United on the counter, like to stop Fernandez just having acres of space where he could have the ball and look to pick out Rashford, push up, pick out Vekos, pick out Anthony. Um I do think, and I haven't really, we haven't really touched that, but you know, it shows Man United's um, advantages financially when they can replace a one hundred million pound winger with a seventy five million pound winger, um, and we can bring on Jacob Murphy, Matt Ritchie. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a difference, sadly. Um, and not so offensive, Matt Ritchie. So don't come around and kick me house store in or whatever. Um, <laughs> Too old, I can't get his leg that high, mate. You're all right now. Uh, I don't know about that. Mate. I've seen him kick some corner flags in my time. Um, I would say that uh, in attack. Um, Isak does need to come in. Um, I thought he played pretty well as the lone front man and dropping in to cover Maxi's non-tracking against um, Liverpool when we're down to 10. Um, yeah. I thought he was hooked with 20 minutes to go. I'll be honest. I thought he was hooked with 20 minutes to go for Wilson so they could check if Wilson was fit enough to even go to the final. I am fairly convinced that Callum Wilson is either suffering from long COVID or the after effects of COVID or of another illness that he's picked up because since the World Cup, it, before the World Cup, he got that. Do you remember he got that injury? And he came yeah. back on against Chelsea to play the 15 minutes, having just been announced in the 30 man World Cup squad. And then he made the cut. Now, um, since he hasn't had the World Cup as a tether at the end, he's not been on top form. He did make the goal for Isak against Fulham. So I'm not saying he hasn't been. And he scored against uh, West Ham, took a chance brilliantly. I thought that was him back. Took that chance up. Should have, had, should have had three, though, really, shouldn't he? In all yeah, fairness, but, a sharper but, Wilson has three in that game. But yeah, a sharper Wilson definitely got the second one. Doesn't let the defender get back for the second one. Um, the the problem is is that um, I think I asked you before. So sorry, I'm letting in secrets we see each other just before the thing starts. I asked you before <laughs> if you had any stats on Alan St. Maxman running a blind alleys at uh, 
um, Wembley. Um, I, I'm 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 loath to say that I, I think there's a reason why other clubs aren't coming in for St Maximon. There's a reason why they're not. There's a reason why other clubs aren't banging on the door for Miggy Almiron, despite his run of form before the World Cup. Um, those players will need to be replaced and improved. Callum Wilson needs to be replaced and improved. Callum Wilson was a brilliant goal scorer for the two years under Steve Bruce because he was an incredible finisher. Um, he's also, and we don't really mention this often enough, he's made of glass. Like three or four or five games in a row and then he's out. And it's like, okay, right, we have to get used to it. Now, Isak's not on a good run of injuries, so I'm not su suggesting that all of a sudden we've found the solution. But um, before I start my Alexander Loving full-time, um, the guy showed us at Anfield what he can do. And there was no Callum Wilson in the team that day and there's no Alan St. Maximan in the team that day. And he's played against them twice. But I've got to be really, really honest. He's the only centre-forward I've seen regularly make Virgil van Dijk, across those two games, make Virgil van Dijk look an ordinary defender. And... I think Isak is a real uh, player with loads of potential and you don't spend £60 million on someone to replace him with Callum Wilson. You, you just shouldn't. Like, it sounds horrible, you just shouldn't do it. Um, and if they want to go with two up front and someone mentioned, I think it was Roger, mentioned in the comments about change of formation. If you want to go with yeah. that, okay, that's fine. You have to completely change your system. But we, we would then need to bring in Gordon as a left-sided midfield player and then we mm. need to make a decision about what we do on the right side of midfield. And is that nine attempts and five completed dribbles? Yeah. Okay. That was it from, from I, I think that's unbelievably generous to what I saw, but I can't be I can't argue with off the stats. That's that's yeah. yeah. So so nine attempted dribbles, five completed, forty-two touches, fifteen um accurate passes, zero key passes, no crosses, no obviously no accurate crosses. Um a is is as much as he looked lively, so maximum did absolutely nothing in the end because he there was nothing at the end of it and, and can just, I just add as my final thing sorry I don't know about Seema because we were both at Wembley after he got Dallow booked I didn't see him get the ball and run at Dallow once before half time that was such an obvious thing to get him to do and he just stopped yeah. he's coming inside all the time all the time sorry I'll stop yeah. now Simon, just on that point with, with Maxi first, and then you can give your take on the Wilson Isaac thing. Mm -hmm. Is Audi right? Did, did he just not commit Dallow after that yellow card? I know. Didn't Man United take him off? Who played much better yeah. against him because he's very good one on one? Yeah. Um, yeah. See, Maxi is creative. Um, he's more. <laughs> No, I, I don't know. He's frustrating. Um, so would you keep him in then? Would you keep him in for the, for these changes we're talking about? Does Max I would keep him in. I would like... give him a shot and one more shot. I would, yeah. Yeah, I think I would keep him. Um, I think we've got quite a few new players. Like, we haven't seen enough of Gordon. We haven't seen... Hmm. Someone put a comment on earlier about, you know, if we keep chopping and changing, we're never going to find our own, like... To find our way, yeah, our I think rhythm. It Roger, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think we need to make the changes because it's not working. And you know what? Mm. I don't care what changes Eddie makes, but you need to do something. So I'm all for just completely throwing because at the moment everyone knows how we play, and everyone knows what to expect. They know what our set pieces are going to be like. They always know Trippier. They can read us like a book. There's, there's, yeah. 
they don't have to do like a BL single spine on our training ground. Do you know what I mean? They they know it. We haven't we've made absolutely no change. And again, as much as I love how, but you've got to bring some changes in. You you cannot be stagnant in how you play football. Yeah, sorry, I, I've I gone agree. on a rant. That's okay, and, and, and uh-huh. this is what the whole show's for. And uh, Isaac Wilson argument, where, where do you sit on that? Oh, my God, Wilson Isaac, man, he's just a lad, isn't yeah. he? Sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> his movement is amazing. Like, yeah. it, it just, it, it, I, I can't, it's it's just beautiful to watch, you know? The pace, <laughs> the, the pace and the commitment of the run as well. He's very, yeah. His runs are very intelligent. He sucks players mm-hmm. in, and mm-hmm. he spins them, and he goes, mm-hmm. and they can't get mm-hmm. him. And Wilson can't do that, can he? he Wilson no. tries to hold the ball up, but uh-huh. it's not sticking to him. It's bouncing off him at the uh-huh. minute. He's not. It's just not working, is it? Isaac, I think, is an intelligent player. And I yeah, think the I'm thing is, that. with the way he plays, you think he's not doing anything, but he's everywhere. Mm. He's like, it wasn't he, Sunday. He looked brilliant on Sunday, I thought, when he came on. Um, it just, yeah, Isaac has got so much more potential. And I think we do need to mix the squads up just to make sure that we find our best combination because right now we've lost it and... Yeah. You know, people are going to be unhappy, but as a manager, you've got to accept, you know, you've got to be able to handle that. There's no loyalty yeah. when it comes to football. We're here to win a football match. Do what you need I, to do, pal. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's some big decisions Eddie has to make, Mark. I mean, I, know, I pretty much know your opinion. I think we talked about it on Monday. Isaac or Wilson, just give me the one name, mate. <laughs> Play Alexander Isaac, for God's sake. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Look, I think... When you've when you've got a, a striker like Callum Wilson that is massively massively out of form and out of fitness and stuff, he's one goal in his last fifteen games. Um, oh, when you are not involved in so much of the play, and you are carrying him, he's he's not involved in any of the build up. Um, I mean, bar the odd the odd occasion, I think the, the Fulham game was was probably the exception to the rule. Um, I think he he had eight accurate passes. On Sunday, he's not involved in any part of it. And when you're not making the runs to get into the business and to score the goal, you need to be pulled out, out of the firing line. Um, yeah. Isaac offered so much more in the 45 minutes he was on the field. Um, and he, he just looks the much lively play, the much more likely to get into the positions to, to score. And he needs a run now he's fit. Um, yeah, I would I'd pull pull Wilson, give him time to recuperate from whatever the hell's going on because he. As already said, he, he's not right. He hasn't been right since just before the World Cup. Um, he looked bright for England, but since then, I mean, that was a, a what 10, 15 minute spell. It was a cameo, Other than really, that, wasn't it? Yeah. He's been he's been absolutely dreadful. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, pull him out of the firing line. Um I think the other the other way as well, I, th- I think Anthony Gordon has to come into the side. Um of the Mickey, yeah, well, that's where I was, I was going. Ask that question. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one. I would, I, I think, I think Miggy needs a, a time out, time out, um, for, for a little bit just to it's become so. I, I said the, the phrase one dimensional so many times this week, it's, it's unbelievable. I've, I've become predictable. Um, <laughs> I, I think you need any, you need something else. Um, I think Maxi probably gets an opportunity. Um, again, he was exceptional against um, City. Uh, at St James's Park, he possibly has the option or, or the you know the 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 chance to to play in that sort of manner again because City will play high. He has the you know the ability to to go 
sort of in behind them. He has the pace to, to trouble their fullbacks as well. So um, that wait, does, does, does he take his opportunity? He, again, his stats are, aren't very good as well. I think he, he doesn't have an, an assist or a goal since the Southampton win. Um, and I know he's been a bit part player since, but he's he's not looked like producing an awful lot in that time either. So mm. I think he's the he's the one that stays. I think I think Anthony Gordon is is the one that comes in for for Miggy. I would I would certainly drop Miggy to the um, to the bench and give I him give that. him a game out. Yeah, yeah. Just quickly, a little bit of a tangent, Ollie. Just I know you were talking about the Botman before we come on. I think Derek's comment there. I think. Maybe a little bit unfair, Derek, to Botman, because I think you said rightly so, Audi, he was having to leave his position to cover the, the, the chaos that was going on on Trippier and, and, and Shaw's side, wasn't he? So maybe well, that's a bit harsh on, on yeah. Botman. And also, he was having to cover Dan Byrne, who got done the first five or ten minutes, got done two or three times by Anthony, and Botman was having to go and yeah. cover for him as well. Um, yeah, so he's... Man United also had, and this is something that like we need to look at, they had midfield runners every time they got the ball every time there was no oh, i'm just going to sit back and i'm going to wait and then the other two can go on and longstaff's ball across if you look at it there's only wilson and maxi in the box yeah. right there's not there's no midfield runner coming in on the back of it if it gets half clear to the edge of the line miggy's kind of stood doing whatever he does halfway between the corner flag and the 18 yard box he was, but he was he was headless on sunday miggy in my opinion he was headless I don't, well, I don't think he had any real, real threat in the game. Yeah, but the one time he tried, someone tried to play him in. Trippier slid him in down the side of Luke Shaw, and he's on his right foot. And we all know his right legs are standing. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, I've got, I've got, to, we're not playing. And this is because we were overperforming massively before the World Cup. It was a 15-game sprint, and we were brilliant yeah. in it. We are yeah. now regressing to the mean, sadly. However, this time to turn it around, because from now on. We're only really going to be playing one game a week most weeks. So, so the fatigue, yeah, but, the fatigue will light, lighten a bit, hopefully, with, with the players. Hope. Just, just quick, yeah, yeah, just quickly on on Miggy, mate. Sorry, Mark, just quickly on Miggy, Audi. Would yep. you drop him as well for Gordon? Would you go for that? Um, I'd drop Maxi, but I know that's not popular with anyone in with everybody. But I'm I'm sorry, Alan St. Maximan isn't an anyhow player. He never will be. Yeah. He can't be because he just doesn't work hard enough. And he does what he always does. He got tackled once. Um, on Sunday, got tackled once quite hard, and that was it. That was his game done. Yeah. And well, I, yeah, fair news. Yeah. Mark, just quickly before we end, we end with Simon's take on it, mate. What were we going to say there, Mark? Quickly? No, I was just going to jump in. He's talking about one, one game a week. You actually get into April, the seven games in April. Um, yeah, April's heavy. So you actually yeah. end up playing the, the second, fifth, eighth, then it's the 15th, 23rd, 27th, and, tw- and 30th. So there's a lot of fixtures to cover in that one month. That, um, that squad is hammered in April, mate. That squad is they, hammered. It, it's going to be tough. And you pick up pick up a knock in one game, um, you could miss two. You you get a Jolinton gets a, a couple of games um, suspension out of that. All of a sudden, that that squad looks very 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 light again. But, but again, it's the failure in January. Simon, just just uh, finishing up with with you on on the Miggy point of view. Would would you drop Miggy for Gordon, or what would you do? Would you bring Gordon in? Gordon has to start. I think so. I think he deserves a chance. Gordon, like Isaac, just there's there's a flair of genius in there. And whoever um, Eddie drops, but those two have to start. 
I agree. I totally agree. I, I think the freshness needs to be there. We've got we've got energy. We've got pace. We've got something. I mean, the little the little cameos are going. Those two through balls he's hit to Wilson, which both of them he's fluffed. By the way, if anyone's watched that, because mm-hmm. he's he's completely knackered. I think he definitely deserves a chance to come in. You know, give Mickey a rest. He's got the energy to come on later on in the game and maybe maybe do something. But but that is all pretty much wrapped up for this week, guys. It's been a brilliant episode. Thank you so much for all the guys who've been on tonight. Thank you so much for everybody in the comments. Really appreciate it. it. Always helps the the episode flow. As we mentioned at the start, if you've just found us tonight, consider clicking the subscribe button. We'd love you to come and join us. Loads of room for you on Evermore. As you can see, it's all full of chat. We we don't hide away from pulling your comments up. We love and see what you guys have got to say about Newcastle United as well. And if you can do us a favour and like the video, Mark will be happy that I've remembered that this week. Thank uh, you. It always helps the channel. Thank you, mate. There you go. It always helps the channel grow. And uh, yeah, we we just love you to come and join us uh, for some more Newcastle United chat. Let's keep supporting that team of United. Massive game at the weekend. City coming up. Chance for the lads to bounce back. Let's hope they do it. So from us, it's see you later. And we'll catch you next time whenever more. Take care, guys.